Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus and I'm your host. Uh, it's that time between Christmas and the New Year. Uh, everybody is, doesn't know what time of the day it is, what day of the week it is. Uh, we know we've lost a bit of football yesterday um, and uh, we are going to be joined by some of the guys today. The first and first one who's joining me today is uh, Richard. Richard, how are you doing? Merry Christmas. I hope you had a good one. Yeah, very good. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and everybody else. Um, it's, you know, it's nice to spend a bit of time off work and, you know, relax a bit um, and like watch a bit of football as well, which is always a bonus. Well, officially, I'm still at work for another 45 minutes. So I am working. <laughs> my laptop is here. I'm monitoring all my emails. Uh, I'm in control. So. No, you look very busy. You look very busy. <laughs> so um, Arteta is in charge. Freddie is part of our. Um, Freddie is part of our um, backroom staff as well. Uh, Scunny's joining us as well. Hello, Scunny. You okay, mate? Howdy. Good Christmas. Yes, I did. Yourselves? Yeah, livers just just about intact. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to, I've got to drive to Luton Airport in an hour's time or an hour and a half's time. So uh, it's it's a beer free uh, podcast for me today. So it's going to be very uh, much sucks to be you. <laughs> sucks to be you. Potty I'll, how just, uh, I'll just carry on. Are we okay? Oh, yeah, all good, mate. How you doing, Fergie? Yeah, good. Good, good. Um, just, I was just chatting with Richard briefly, and we were just about touching on Arteta's appointment and the fact that Lundberg is remaining within the club as a number two, which personally I'm very pleased for. Uh, I think he deserves to um, uh, to be acknowledged and deserves to be part of our coaching team. I think he done well, um, not necessarily results wise, but I think to see that last game where he was the the attachment he had with the players, etc. I thought I thought was um was very important and will help help Mikel along the way. Um, what did we make of Arteta's first game, Richard? Since you're new to the show today, uh, I'll let you start. Well, to, to be honest, I was um, pleasantly surprised at how well we played compared to how well we've not been playing for quite a long time particularly away from home. I mean, we looked like for the first time in a long while, we actually had a plan. We were organised, um, certainly midfield. Um, and, I mean, I think with a bit more confidence, maybe if, if we'd gone into the game, perhaps with a few more better results, I think we would have took a couple of chances that we had. Lacazette in particular looked a little bit uh, lacking confidence in front of goal. A couple of chances he had, either maybe um, stuck one of them in. I think we, we would have won the game and that would have been a perfect start almost. And it's a shame that we couldn't get the right result that we really all needed but I think it was a positive performance and I'm sort of feeling quite positive about going forward with Arteta he seems to know what he wants he's got a plan and he see and I think he's going to be strong enough to carry that plan out and I think that's quite important I think that was quite clear in his post-match, which we'll probably touch in casually over this anyway, but his post-match statement on uh, match of the day was, you know, that um, there's it's unconditional that people have to be committed to playing mm. the way he's talking about. And I, I just, I, I listen, um, I watched the game. I thought we were okay. I thought we were better. Um, and I just like... What he's saying i'm not convinced 100 yet but i do like what he's saying mike thoughts 
yeah, I think I'm sort of with yourself on that one. I'm not overly hundred percent convinced yet, but it's only his first game. Uh, we you could see you could definitely see some positives in there. The uh, I think Ture was a huge positive. Uh, with the fact that he was playing in these more natural defensive midfield role, and he had a, he had, I thought he had a, probably the best game uh, I've seen since last season. Uh, mm. It hasn't been that great. I think he's been playing what, well, we saw him playing that Kante role that Sarri had Kante playing, and it, it didn't suit him. Uh, now he's playing in his natural position. I think that's better. Um, but there's still weaknesses there. I think. I'm going to have to say, I think Xhaka and Ozil had a quite a decent game as well. I won't say great game, but they had a decent game. Mm. And so you could see some def- there's some definite changes in in the actual squad itself and the way they're playing. It's it's just going to take a bit more time. Potsy, uh, a lot of youth starting. Nelson started um, and Willow came on off the bench for Ozil. What did you make of, um, Mike touched on them, what did you make of Ozil's performance? What did you make of Shaka's performance? And what did you make of, of Nelson and Saka? Uh, both uh, new young kids starting lining up. <clears throat> I think the main thing was the uh, kind of like off the ball stuff. Um, I think the off the ball stuff was a lot better. And I think that Arteta's managed to get that kind of ground in some early days. I mean, we can only go by this one game with what Arteta's done. I was quite impressed with the fullbacks, both Maitland-Niles and Saka. I think there's a little bit of Man City going on there when you look at what Kyle Walker and Mendy were doing under Pep. I think that's exactly what Maitland-Niles and Saka were trying to do under Arteta. Uh, obviously, when midfield have the ball, they seem to then kind of go into that midfield role, which is what Pep Guardiola has tried to install in Man City going forward the last couple of seasons, and Arteta's trying to do that. I didn't think that Saka was bad at all. I liked what um, Mike said about midfield. I think, personally, that's the best midfield three we've had all season. I thought Ozil was great. I thought Chaka was great. I thought Torreira was fantastic. Man of the match for me. The only thing I say about Chaka for the goal, I don't know what he's doing there. Backing off, backing off, backing off. Mm. Uh, just go out to him and, and attack, but he didn't. Um, so they he allowed him to cross it and they put it in the back of the net. Uh, I thought that Nelson was... Listen, Nelson tries... Nelson tries, but he's just not very good. That's the problem with Reese Nelson. He's not really? good enough for Arsenal. He's not good enough for Arsenal. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to have to agree with Dan. I, d- I just don't think he uh, he's not to, to say that he had one job to do and he had a left back, a very inexperienced left back to go against. I don't think he did a great job. He he ran past him a couple of times. Don't get me wrong, but his crossing and his cutting inside, I don't think it was that great. And I honestly think Nelson, he needs to either pick it up or he's going to have to be shipped out. I just don't think he's... The last two games I've seen him, he's not been brilliant and he's played the last two games. Okay, I I actually quite like the lad. I think he's got a lot of pace on that wing um, and I think he's quite threatening. Um, I think, yes, he looks a little bit out of his depth. I'll agree with you in in, in that Mm. sense. He looks a little bit out of his depth, but I I quite like the guy. Um, The question probably more so is... um, about Aubameyang, uh, like I said, Aubameyang scored his 12th goal season um, and he has scored um, eight of those away uh, out of the out of the um, 11 away goals that we've scored. So, you know, we'd be we'd be screwed without Aubameyang. Yet again, Lacazette was played in the middle. Would you have would you have how would you um, put the formation, Richard, um, with Aubameyang and Lacazette? What would you do? I think it. You need to play them together, probably, because Aubameyang out wide is 
he makes good movement and, and he, he makes them sort of late runs into the box and gets on the end of stuff. But a lot of the time he's not involved in the game because he's in a position where he can't influence the game enough. I think um, Lacazette for me isn't playing particularly well. And I, I would maybe put Martinelli in there when he's fit anyway and have Martinelli and, and maybe Pepe if he's going to... I don't know if there's an issue with him there. He's not starting games, but he looked good when he came on yesterday. So that, to me, would be a good front three. I don't think... Um, Having Lacazette and Aubameyang together doesn't maybe doesn't work. I don't know, but, but it's, it's to me out of the two, you've got to have Aubameyang in the middle where he can influence the game. He can get on the end of things, and he's more likely to get you a goal. And that's you know we've been lacking particularly away from home, like you just said there. I mean he scored eight of our eleven away goals. You know we've got no midfield players making third runs into the box like Ramsey used to do. So we need Aubameyang in there to get on the end of stuff. Otherwise no one yeah. else is. Unless we change the way that we play, and whether we will under Arteta. Um, if you look at Man City under Pep in particular, they, they're two wide players, Sterling and Mares maybe, or Sane when he was fit. They get a lot of goals and they did with Barcelona and stuff before under Pep. So that's his sort of style. And if Arteta is going to use that, then maybe if Aubameyang is going to play wide, maybe he'll still get the goals because that'll be the way that they'll, they'll play the game. Or he could get the a lot of inside goals at the far post tapping and stuff like that maybe. The Lacazette uh, fluffed his lines about four or five times yesterday. Yeah, um, he's not playing with confidence, is he? That's the problem at the moment. I mean... I think, you know, he, he started the season quite well. Then he got injured and he's not, he didn't play much, did he? And um, I don't know whether there's issues going on, whether he's not happy. He doesn't seem the same Lacazette as we were seeing previously last season and stuff like that. So I don't know if there's an issue there, maybe. I don't know. Um, but obviously, I know there's talk of Aubameyang maybe wanting to leave, but he certainly doesn't appear so when he's playing. He seems to be giving everything for the team. And you can tell by his celebration yesterday, he seems to be committed to the club, whereas I don't think Lacazette maybe isn't. And perhaps that's the issue. Well, there's, there. there's a question that's come in and said, who do you realistically think we get rid of in January? And there is talk of either one of them going out in January. Uh, Dan, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to lose Aubameyang. Um The thing is with Aubameyang, I think he's checked out. I think he has. Um, Richard said he's, he's given 110%. I think that it, that's the thing with Aubameyang, he scores. And even if he's not got the right attitude, he'll still score. Um, Lacazette, uh, his attitude has stunk for the last few games, if I'm honest. And it, it, it's got to his head because he's had three or four chances there to win the game and he's fluffed his lines every single time. So I don't really understand what's happened to him, but mentally something's wrong now. I was hoping, or am still hoping, that Arteta can try and change that. But... I would be surprised if Aubameyang is there after January. I'll be really, really even more surprised if he's there uh, after this season. I really would. I don't think he's uh, interested. The only way we've got to keep in these players is if we win the Europa League because we ain't going to get top four. We ain't going to get top six. So we've got to win the Europa League and that's it. Otherwise, um, these players are going to leave. So, um, yeah, listen, I, I actually don't... I, I said this to Scunny and Manny actually earlier. I would not cry if any of these players left. I really wouldn't. I've got no loyalty to these players. I don't look at these players and go, wow, we cannot lose this guy. We cannot lose this guy. If we lose a Bamiang, we're probably not going to score as many goals, but I really don't think we're going to be too far different because we'll just bring someone else in who can slot a few more home. I just don't actually think that these players are exceptional world-class that some of these other fans do, but that's just me. I don't really disagree with you uh, very much on there. Uh, I think we've got a bang-average squad. Uh, we're yeah, bang we have. We're a bang average team, and we demonstrated that yesterday by going to a pretty poor Bournemouth. Okay, Bournemouth has always been a difficult place for us to go to. Um, we were unlucky not to come away with three points, but I think um, the, watching the game, the result was probably fair. And if you look at what Ancelotti did 
um, with Everton. They went to where, who did Everton play again? Jesus, um, Burnley. 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 Yeah, and Burnley similar position to to Bournemouth, and you know they got the three points. Don't know, don't know. So halfway through the season, Arsenal have dropped 24 points in 11 games and we're closer to the drop than the top. Uh, we're closer to the drop than we are even to the top four. You touched on no top four, uh, Dan, uh, this season. Can any of you see us even get into any European positions or where do you see the way we're currently going at the minute? Where do you see uh, Arsenal heading for? Mike? Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Dan. I can't see us getting into any European competitions this year unless we win the Europa, which I, I, again I just can't see us doing that either. So I think I think it's fair to say, and I'm, I'm I'll be happy if we didn't start if we uh, didn't get into Europe. I think it, we could do with that fresh start reset. Uh, yeah, I think we could. I think we could actually do that reset and get rid of some of these <clears throat> players that are influencing this type of situation that we're in now um because we can't look at the coach anymore i think that's gone uh, we've got a brand new coach now in arteta so it's down to it's up to these it's up to the players now to put in their performances and start doing the stuff that they're meant to be doing and if they're not willing to do that and they're not willing to fight for a place in the team i think there was a <clears throat> comment made about mustafi when he come off the bench to uh, replace socrates uh, he didn't even he, well, he was taking ages to get his kit off and just to you know, I mean, to get sorted out. Uh, I think there was a comment. I think the commenters made a comment about it. It's like, well, you would ex you would think now you've got a brand new coach. You want to put your all in. You want to get ready. You want to be on. You want to be fighting for your place. And if they're not showing that, you need to go. Uh, we need people, we need people who's going to fight for the team. We need someone who yep. wants to play for Arsenal. Agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. And if if. In my view, if a player doesn't want to play for Arsenal and doesn't want to put the shirt on and give 110, percent I really don't care. Um, yeah, I, I, like Dave this, without yeah, would be would be quite nice. Yes, yeah. um, it goes to what Dan was saying as well. You know, it, it, it's a case of now is that we wouldn't. I don't think anybody would be bothered whoever goes out of this squad. Hmm. You know, because there's hmm. no one in there that who you feel that, that fights for the actual place in the team. Do you not think, though, if we don't get into the top four, which we're not going to do, or if we not don't win the Europa League, I don't actually want to see us in Europe next week. I don't want to go and play Maccabi Heifer at six o'clock at night. I'd rather just be out of it and concentrate on the league. I know that sounds a snob, it doesn't sound a snob thing to say because we have been, you know, we've been privileged with Champions League football for so long, it seems. But the last three mm. seasons has been so unenjoyable. And we got to a yeah. semi-final and a final. We should be really happy. You know, we should be to the stage of, oh, wow, we did so well. I don't care about this this situation. This Europa League is a waste for me. Mike Congarva says uh, no Europe. Boston Ozil, as we know him, um, says no Europe. No Europe hurts us more than we even think. Even with the Europa League, we get some injection uh, out of Europe. Uh, owners will have to dig it, dig into their pockets, which isn't he doesn't see happening. Uh, fears that if we are out of Europe completely, it could be a really bad thing for us, and it's hard to interest other players and attract players. Um, I get what you. I, I, I get what you mean, Mike, but I actually disagree because if you look at Chelsea and Liverpool, both done um, uh, periods yeah, Man United did periods outside of European football for a year or so, and with the new manager, I think it gives us the opportunity to to, to have a reset and a rebuild. Richard, do you, do you think anything differently, or do you disagree or agree? I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think all this saying we can't get in the top four, we can't get in the top six is. is 
too early to say that. We're not that far off points-wise. And I think we've, uh, if we can get some good results over these next two games, which against inconsistent teams as well, that are above us in the table, we're right back in the mix for it. I think we can get top four. Um, I don't think there's any reason why we can't. I mean, obviously, Man City and Liverpool, that's two places gone. But the other two places, I think, are, are up there to be to be had by pretty much most of the teams in the top half of the table. And you think a lot of teams above us, Sheffield United are going to probably drop away in the second half of the season. If Wolves keep going in the Europa League, I think they'll drop away as well. I don't think their squad's big enough. Um, so that, that's two teams above us that's going to maybe drop down a little bit. I think we're going to get some momentum going now with Arteta and, you know, in the second half of the season as well. And I don't see any reason why we can't get top four, certainly top six. I don't see any reason why we can't do that at all. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's not that I don't want it. Yeah, it's not that I don't want it, Richard. I'd love to. I'd love us to get top four. I think it'd be great. You know, we're back in the Champions League, and I think it'd be brilliant. I just think that at the minute, I just don't think we sort of deserve it. You know, the way we're I've, playing, how we've been playing through the season. At the moment, we don't because we're 11th in the league. But if well, we, this is what I mean. But I think we're not far off in points, are we? You look at Chelsea, what 29 points? What's that? Five, six points above us. That's it. And we're playing them on Tuesday, so we can cut that gap by another three points. And we're right back in the mix. And I know we got to be realistic, though, haven't we? We got to yeah. be realistic. It's nice to say, oh, we'll cut that point on this weekend. We'll cut that point by three points. I don't think we're going to beat Chelsea personally. No, I but, don't either. But you know, we can. One at a time, because otherwise you can't Sorry. hear it probably on the air. Go on, go on, go on, Mike. Say what you're saying. Yeah, what I was saying is we're playing Chelsea and their away form is better than their home form. So yes, it is. You know, it's it's a case of no, I, I can't see us beating Chelsea either. Richard, you were trying to say something as well? Well, I mean, I I, I know it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, you know, over 90 minutes, if we, if we get our act together at home, we can probably beat most teams. And I don't think Chelsea are anything to be um, worried about at the moment. They've lost probably four or five recent games as well. Um, if you look at the last sort of 10 games, they probably haven't got that many more points than we have. So I don't see any reason why we can't beat them. I, you know, I don't know if we will. I'm, I'm confident we can. And if we do beat them, then we're right back in it again, aren't we, for the, for the top so four? So we're halfway through the season, 19 games in, and we've only won five games, and you still think we can get... Well, we've only lost this. five as well, haven't we? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've got Man City have lost five, I think, or four or five. Richard, so, Richard you're normally half empty. You're so positive I today. Know, I know, I know. I'm, 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 I don't know where it's just like Arteta. He's won me Christmas. over, yeah. So I, think, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Christmas, mate. It's <laughs> Christmas, Christmas spirit. I honestly believe, just sorry, Ferg, just quickly, just touching on the Chelsea game, because obviously it's in a couple of days' time. I honestly think that, you know, Rich is right, it is a good time to play him, but let's not forget that it's a good time to play Arsenal. <laughs> so yeah. I is think that though? there'll be is a... Good... We can never manage him. Did you think it is a good... I don't think it is a good time to play Arsenal at the minute. Do you not think? No, no, I think it would have been a good time two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. definitely. Anybody would have wanted to play us. I think now, having seen the game yesterday as well, and what Arteta's... Um, saying, looking at the bits and pieces of the training and stuff like that, I think it, it's a it's a bad time to play Arsenal now because I think we're going to start pushing on. You're going to the game. Are you upgrade on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm up there on Sunday. Yeah, I'm no, up no. There. But are you, are you up for the game? You know, like when we go to North London Derby, you go to a game. Are, are you oh. now up for that game because of like the Arteta bounce and stuff? Are you still flat as? F- I don't know. I didn't see enough yesterday to get me too excited, boys. I don't know. Maybe I was watching the different game, but seventeen shots. <laughs> seventeen yeah. shots on target. Did uh, sorry, win, though, did we? Shots on goal um, versus their twelve. Two on target. That's more shots 
uh, um, that we've had in our previous two away games, which we had six against Se mm. uh, City and six against Everton. So he's doing something. Yes, there was. Some yeah, there's positives without a doubt. There's, there's more positives of late, and 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 that's great. But um, I, I'd like to have seen a, a few of our chances slotted home. But there we go. Let's hope that happens on Sunday. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's a case of like, you know, it, we are seeing improvement. There was improvement in the last game, definitely. But you've mm. got to remember, we've still got exactly the same players as what we had two weeks ago. So it's just a case of how they play and how he gets them to play. It's, it, you know, it's it's okay. We, you know, we've got two goal scorers, our two main goal scorers in Lacazette and Aubameyang. Both look checked out. You know, it's it's not just one. It's both. I believe both of them do. And if, if, if Aubameyang is going in January he's not going to be putting his all in uh, Lacazette is he's too emotional for his own good so you know and you can tell that it's, it is affecting his confidence by not scoring so it's going to affect mm. him every time we've got a 72 million pound player <laughs> that's exactly my point from Heath <laughs> Heath is just in 17 like yeah but six dead seagulls yeah, you know what I mean <laughs> that's someone what I mean in, yeah, someone in Rose Dead has got a nice present to take home you know well more than one about 13 people have got the presents to take home so it's you know it's okay this is the thing it's I can't concentrate now that was good yeah, I know, it's you know there, there is things there but if, if we're playing these kids and stuff like that and if they're not you know I mean they're not up to scratch you've got to remember as well we've got no left back and no right back at the minute well our natural left back and right back you know they're not there still uh, Socrates is probably going to be out off tomorrow, so we've got another injury at centre back. Yeah, all right, Chambers comes in, but I'm not overly convinced with Chambers, so we've still got David Louise in the centre back. You know, it's <laughs> inevitably we're going to get someone's going to score against us, especially someone like Chelsea. So, so listen, we're halfway through the season. Um, we'd on a podcast, I think it was myself, yourself, um. Potsy and Trev, it might have been. Um, and we were third in the league uh, and we finished the international break and we were going to play Sheffield on the Monday. Uh, then we were going to play a few other games and and uh, might even been Manny, you might have been on that one um, and said, like, you know, he didn't expect more than two points. When did the season start to slide? Was it that Sheffield uh, game? Was it Watford away? You know, when, when did it go? Uh, Dan? Uh, I, th I think I remember sitting there talking about how many points we all thought we were going to get when the Sheffield United game started. And that hmm. was the one that I thought we might have nicked a point and I was expecting us to draw against Palace and Wolves, which we did, and lose to Leicester, which we did. Um, so for me, it was probably that, that that period of time for me when it started to go downhill, that loss to Sheffield United, and then we just couldn't get a win. I think the last time we had a win was at Bournemouth, wasn't it? And we had that dreadful run that really was, was no win until West Ham the other week. So yeah, that for me, was a, and that was our easy run. That was our easy lot, lot of fixtures, you know, on paper. I know no game's easy, but you look at the teams at home, like Brighton at home, we lost to them. Palace at home, drew to them. Wolves, you know, we're all leading in all those games and we run it, dropped all those points. So yeah. Southampton as well at home, you know, it, that's just relegation form. So for me, yeah, that, that was the time where it slipped for me, 100%. Rich? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said uh, last time I was on about, I think that the season seemed to fall away from the Sheffield United game. Um, we hadn't been playing well before that break. We were third in the league, as you said, but I don't think we'd been convincing any any game up to that point anyway. Um, and we lost to Sheffield United and that just seemed to, whether it was a confidence thing, um, whether the players just stopped responding to Emery, I don't know what it was, but you could tell that the drop from that game for the pretty much onwards, really, 
uh, is when the seasons fell apart, really, for, from that point of view. But again, having said that, um, there's been a lot of draws in there. Now, even when we've not been playing well, we've managed quite often to, to scramble a draw. Yeah, you could say they're games we should win, Southampton at home, Crystal Palace at home, etc. Um, we've come out of these games with draws. And if we'd managed to win half of them games that we've drawn, we'd, we'd be up with Chelsea now anyway. So it isn't as bad as it could be. In the, I mean, re- realistically, we're actually in a better position maybe then we perhaps deserve to be in terms of a lot of our performances. We've, we've scraped a few results that we perhaps shouldn't have done. Um, on the other side of that, obviously, the Bournemouth game, we practically was the other way around. We perhaps didn't get what we should have done. Um, but I think overall, um, you know, bearing in mind everything that's happened through the season, we've had three different sort of managers in, how I head coach, everyone look at it. And it's been a traumatic season. And here we are in a position where if we win our next two home games, which is possible we'll actually be right in the mix again for the top four. And, you know, t- to me, that's got to be a positive, whatever way you look at it. And I know we haven't won the games yet, and let's not get too carried away, but, you know, we've got two home games, which I say against inconsistent teams, um, that we've suddenly got a little bit of momentum now going with, with the new management. I'm reasonably confident that we can turn over United at home, uh, especially whether it'll be a full house or not, I don't know, because it's the Monday night after New Year people nursing hangovers and having to work the next day. It's just absolutely atrocious timing by the TV companies again to the 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, I can't go because I've got to go to the airport at 4 o'clock the following morning. Um, so I've, 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 I've actually got Arsenal fans in my seat, so that's that. I'm happy about that. But um, the Chelsea game worries me a little bit. I, I, I think I'll take a draw now. Um, I, I'd like to... Mike, Mike pointed out their away form is better than their home form. They lost two or three on the bounce at, uh, at the bridge. Uh, yet again, the young the, the young team that they've got seems to respond really well from home. Tammy Abrahams, I think, could rip us a new one. Um, you know, Mason Mount hasn't been great recently. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do worry about that. And I, I'd take a draw now. So, at uh, the next... Do you, you not think, though, our set first home game, that he's going to get them players fired up for that? And I think they'll be fired up anyway. That's what I'm hoping. And I think that under ordinary circumstances, maybe I would agree that it could be a, a tricky game for us. And I'm not saying it's, it's not going to be, but, you know, our recent record at home against Chelsea is quite good anyway. Last sort of three or four seasons, we, we've done well against them at home anyway. I think with the, his first home game, Arteta's first home game, I think everyone's going to get a lift. I think the atmosphere is going to be a lot better. That's, that's um, what I was going to put you, the, the atmosphere, because the, the, the Arteta reaction uh, from the fan base has been... Mix. I think most people are trying to get behind the man and trying to support him. And as we said earlier in, in this podcast, um, we like what we hear and we like what we see. But I think a lot of us are still quite unconvinced. I'm not anti-Arteta by any means to shape our form. But um, I think people found it a slightly underwhelming appointment, although he speaks a lot better than his his, <laughs> um, his, his appointment. And as previous to say evening. Uh, oh, you know what I did, I did here today? I was on talk prep, but um, they, they, that there was players were physically ridiculing Emery towards the end of it, just taking ripping the piss out of him completely. Mm. You know, there's something wrong with this dressing room. I, I, I don't like the feeling in this dressing room. Senior players need to go, mate. That's the problem with yeah. the dressing room. The senior mm, players need to get rid of them. Yeah. It's these players that are causing these rifts and causing the you know the, the big attitude players that are causing these problems that do need to go we need to get rid of that i think it, it doesn't help it's, i still think it doesn't help that we've got no real leader in our team 
You know, if, got- if, we had, if we had a Tony Adams in our team, and if he heard stuff like that, you can guarantee that person probably be up against the wall. Yep, I agree with Scunning. There's no leaders. There, it, and that's the issue. We have no leaders. We need a leader in that team. Well, I one guy. Well, who- there's there's a lot of there's sorry, mate. There's a lot of talk about this kind of little French connection with the Lacazettes and Aubameyangs that don't get on with the uh, little kind of clique, clique which is between Ozil, Mustafi, Kalasanak, Chaka. Just get rid the of German them. If they're not all going to get yeah. on, if they're not going to get on, then just get rid of them. And Ozil needs to go. So does Chaka. So does Kalasanak. So does Luis. So does Socrates. And Aubameyang and Laka need to go as well if they're not going to be interested in getting involved in, in the Arteta way. And let's hope that, you know, Lacker and uh, Lacker and Aubameyang do stay. I want them to stay. I don't think they're going to, <laughs> but I'd like them to stay. Um, you, but I'd happily let the others go. Month. I think the others are just nightmare. Absolutely uh, nightmare, players. I think we'll keep one of the two. Um, I don't know if we lose them in January. We'll lose one at least in the summer. Somebody I do hear a lot about going um, is Granite Shaka. Um, he, the, the club are actively looking to move him on. Despite- it's been well reported that he's, he's taken a contract offer from her to Berlin. It's just he's now he's agreed, con- yeah, he's agreed the contract. He's agreed a contract with them, but it's now down to the transfer fee. How much they're willing to pay? Uh, they, and the original offer was twenty-five million euros. Um, mm. We wanted forty-five, uh, but I believe that we, uh, again, with the device, yeah, money back happy days. We're not. We're going to take a loss, uh, but no, it'll yeah. be a small loss. Uh, but we uh, will not let him go until we identify somebody who to, who, who to replace him. Um, I think there's a guy in row 12 of block 110 that could probably do it. I think he's got one leg and the other one's wooden, and I think he can he could replace him. <laughs> what is he, a pirate? Yeah. He's got a hook and everything. And a patch. <laughs> Listen, we're halfway through the season. Uh, it's the end of a decade. Richard, you've done a couple of really good posts on Arsenal fans form, and you've done it on proper Arsenal as well, um, on some of the Facebook groups. And uh, there's a, a, a couple of questions that we thought about asking. Like, you know, um, who has been, in this season, who has been our best uh, player Mike, you go first. Who, who do you think our, our best player was so far this season in 19 games? You can include Europe as well. Sorry. I've done this. Uh, <laughs> you can move. Uh, Potty, do you want to jump in? Kind of, easy, yeah. I think it's easy, personally. There's only one. Leno. That's it. Yeah. Next. I was going to say either going to... Uh, my, it was a choice of Martinelli or Leno just for I was going to say Martinelli. Cup, cup games, but... I agree, yeah. Leno has kept us in it. If it weren't for Leno, I think we would have, you know, that goal difference would have been terrible. Not Gwendozy? No. <laughs> Not this season. He's been Not awesome. Staffy. Don't you dare. <laughs> he nearly did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> so we've also got, um, all the way from the North Bank, um, we're going to be joined by Johnny with no trousers on. Johnny from the North Bank, how are you? <laughs> I'm finally here is how I am. Yeah. Well, we, we've done all the depressing stuff. We, we, we've talked about how awful the season, the season has been, when it all slipped away. We looked back at the uh, Bournemouth game. Uh, we looked at the, the number of shots we had and versus the number we had on target. We're actually now looking at, <coughs> excuse me, we're looking back on half of the season and we're looking back at who your best player of the season has been so far. <sighs> Really? Oh, God. 
It's like choosing the uh, best of a bad bunch at the moment, isn't it? Everybody. It, it, it is a difficult one. It is a difficult one. Everybody's yeah. had their ups and downs. Not one person has really outshone everybody. Um, possibly Aubameyang, but even then, lately he's been a bit moody and, and stuff, so I can't really even say that. I just think they're all pretty much all up and down, up and down. Rich, you're, you're one? Well, you'd have to be Leno. Um, he's just yeah. been the most consistent player, hasn't he, through the season so far. Um, obviously, Aubameyang, just for his goals. Um, I mean, again, he's, I mean, it's only Bard, he scored more goals than him. So, and that's in a struggling team. So, that's got to be worth a little bit more, possibly, as well. So, I would say it's out of those two. But Leno probably just shading it at the moment. What about Mustafi in his Europa League performances? I think Mustafi's had a, a reasonably good Europa League, don't you think, Mike? Going <laughs> <laughs> no, off his balls. Are you joking? Did you see that slide that I did yesterday? <laughs> Come on. He completely missed the player by about 10 yards. <sighs> that was right. Did you not see it yesterday? He's sliding. Uh, yeah. He, well, he, he does it for a living, doesn't he? He just, you know, he Jesus slides everywhere. He's, he spends more time on his ass. That's why he plays for the arse. He spends more time on his ass than he does on his feet. <laughs> um, who He's would you terrible. say our most improved player is then, Mike, since you, while you swallow your Stella? Um, who would you say our <laughs> most improved? Um, I'm, I'm going to keep on calling about the Stella because I can't have any because i got to drive to Luton Airport. Yeah, cheers. Uh-huh. You're all right, mate. I'll keep drinking. Um, yeah. Our most improved player, I think, Saka. You know, I think he's he's been given a task. He's been he's been coming on. He's he's come on as an eighteen-year-old kid. He's been playing on the left wing, and he's been given a task now to cover the left back. And I think he's done well. He's done it in the last two games. Rich, yeah, so I, I, you know, to to say something like that, take your opportunities, mate, and he's taking them. Rich, I mean, it's difficult to see anybody who's improved because I think everybody's gone backwards from last season. Um, I mean, obviously. Saka didn't really play much last season, so I guess he's uh, when he's come into the team this year and it, uh, struggling it, with the team been struggling. I mean, he, he's done quite well, so I suppose he's probably improved. Um, it's quite difficult that because no one stands out. I mean, Gwen Doozy maybe the first um, three or four games had improved, or he seems to have done, um, but he's gone off the boil. Um, it's, it's difficult to pick someone who's improved. Really, um, I don't know. I don't think any of them have improved, if I'm honest. Um, maybe Saka, if I have to pick someone. Uh, for me, I'm going to go as a season as a whole, not the last few games. So for me, there's only one candidate, and that is Matteo Ginduzzi. So it has to be him. Really? What, this Ginduzzi? This season. Much better he's than last one, season. He's had one, yeah, he's much better than last season. And he's well, had there we go. That's the, that's the question. <laughs> Who's one the most improved game. player this season? One good game. What, this season he's had one yes. good game? Yes. Fergus, man, come on. I think he's had more than one, but I won't say One good one. game? North what good game was that then? The North London Derby is the only game we turned up. He has been pants. He's been the terrible only, for the last couple of games. It's just why he's only, been dropped. The only thing he's this season the only he's been thing, great. The only thing he's improved on is he stopped moaning at the referee and he stopped, you know, just falling over every five minutes. He still... Does half-ass tackles, and he still just runs around like a headless chicken. He is by far the most improved player on last season. 
Not in the last few games, last season. I can't pick Saka or Martinelli because they didn't play last season. I have to pick someone who played last season. He's the only one who's now better than he was last season. I thought that's we were just going to start this season. Well, no, I mean, no, no. That, that, that was the question. But no, that's fine. It's, it's, it's a debate. Uh, Johnny, do you want to add anything to this uh, this um, debate? I, I have to agree with, with Poxy because you know, if you look at the actual players that have played last season and this season, you can't really look past Grinduzzi because everybody else has either gone, say, stayed about the same, about, uh, Ober and Lacker about the same. Torreira hasn't had a chance to play his game this season so far. Only in the last game has he been given free reign, like um, Trev was saying in the chat just then. So I, I agree, Matty is pretty much the only one. And nobody, nobody considers uh, uh, Callum Chambers. He did play not for Arsenal last season. He played for Fulham. Uh, I thought he's played quite well this season. I can't. You can't really put him in that category because he didn't play for us last season. Okay. Okay. So, talking about this season, just to clarify the question, Dan, <laughs> um, what has been the best game this season? I think it's going to be quite. It's going to be. Um, a whitewash. So uh, I think we probably, well, I know what I would say, but I'll, I'll wait till the end. Um, your best game this season um, and also your best game outside the North London derby this season. So that's the question. Uh, Richard, let's go first. Your, your, your best game this season? Um, in, in the league, I'd maybe go Aston Villa at home. I thought with 10 men, the comeback the way we did was was, was pretty good. I thought that was a good performance in the circumstances. Um, overall, probably one of those early Europa League games was it standard Liège at home, the 4-0 or something like that. Uh, that was, we played well that, that day. Um, um, other than that, and like you said, obviously just the Tottenham game. Um, uh, maybe the first half of Watford was good, um, but there's not been many as there here to choose from, if we're honest. So, um, yeah, for the league, I'd go Aston Villa at home and probably overall, probably that standard Liège game in the Europa League at home. Scummy? Uh, God, you've picked some crap questions here, mate. I must admit. <laughs> uh, I, I can't reveal my source. <laughs> oh, my God, mate. Uh, because this season has been so dire, hasn't it? That's yeah, it has, yeah. I'm not going to pick a Europa League. I'm going to go straight for a league game. And if the best game I've seen us play so far in the league uh, this season, I would say I would say the West Ham away. I thought that was a, it was it wasn't great game. It wasn't perfect, but we managed to come out of that with a three-one win. And I thought it was all right. I thought Freddie did well in that, and some of the players turned up. Obviously, uh, I can't I can't see anything past that. Well, West Ham away, yeah. Yeah, other than, obviously, the North London derby. I, I was there. I was quite drunk on that one. Uh, I think we all were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, 15 so, yeah, I can't, I can't see past that one. Um, Johnny? Uh, well, in Europa, I'd go with the... Yeah, no, no, just, just generally, the, the best game you've enjoyed most this season? I'd say um, probably the, the age game. Where uh, it was, I think it was either Liège or the Frankfurt game that Pepe scored his amazing free kick. Yeah, yeah that was good. You come back in the 90th minute with the two yeah. free kick. I think with that, that that's the only reason. Otherwise, there's not really been a lot to cheer about. You know, when we drew against the Spuds, we've 
pretty much we've either drawn or lost the big games. The only one, the only games that have shown any promise was probably the Newcastle game when Chambers had a, a blinder of a game, and that was like one of the first or second game of the season. But since then, there's not really been a lot to cheer about. No. Potsy, go on. You set the question. Uh, I think the best question, uh, the best uh, game I'm going to go with Richard. I think it was the Aston Villa game. The fact that we were 10 men, Maitland-Niles got sent off, didn't he? And we were losing the game and we turned the game around. Um, and it was an exciting game, you know, for me. And um, always looked like we could get that winner. And obviously we did with the Aubameyang free kick. So for me, it has to be that one. I have enjoyed the home games of the Europa League. I think the only one was uh, the, the Emery Emery's last game, which was appalling. But apart from that, been quite excitement in the Europa League and their cup game as well. Obviously, Forest, that was a good 5-0 win. I enjoyed watching some of the young players there. But I think if I had to pick one, I'm going to have to go with a league game and I'd have to go with Aston Villa. I actually enjoyed that more than the North London derby because the North London derby, I left left a little bit gutty because I really wanted to win, obviously. But So I'm going to go for Villa at home. OK. Uh, North London derby would be my, my default because it was just an amazing day and it all... It uh, kicked off in our corner as well, which is really, really funny. <laughs> when Dyer came up to us and uh, went, <laughs> and he, he did get a, a warm North London, uh, North Bank uh, welcome. Um, for me, uh, my my most enjoyable game um, was not necessarily for on the pitch activity, it was more for off the pitch and, and just generally was Norwich away. It was my first away game of the season. So um, I, I've enjoyed that. But if I was to pick a game on uh, a performance and an atmosphere, probably go with Johnny and do the Liege game uh, because I was with my son and my grandson and I saw my grandson at that point had definitely got the bug when that second Pepe goal went in. His legs went back, his arms went up and he was just, yeah. So for me, all, all, all our personal things rather than the, the performance on the pitch and the performance on the pitch as we know this year has been absolutely abysmal. Um, so we're entering into a new decade. Um, Arsenal officially have named... Uh, the player of the decade is Aaron Ramsey. Anybody agree or disagree with that? Can you think of somebody uh, else? If think of he's he's got the winning goal in what two FA Cup finals. Um, so in terms of his contribution to actually winning stuff, I mean, he hasn't. He's had an up and down uh, period. He's the he's only 50, player that. He spent pretty much the whole time with us, the whole decade. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably he was one of the longest-serving players. So, I mean, what else? Do you, what else is the criteria? I mean, you can't pick anybody like Walcott was around for a long while. He didn't really win anything with us. Santi, you know, he didn't contribute. What was that Mike? Santi Cazorla was with us. So, yeah, Santi. Yeah, well, Santi left a few years ago. That's the problem. Whereas Ramsey only left in the summer. What did Santi leave? Like? Two seasons ago. He didn't yeah, play for about two years before that, did he? Because of injury. Yeah, they yeah. still had a better season than Ramsey. Bloody hell, Fabregas was with us 18 months in that decade. I thought he had a better bloody 18 months and Ramsey did have having 10 years. Like I said, he's had up and down uh, time. I mean, I was uh, one of his biggest uh, critics for uh, giving away a, the ball and trying to do things that are too complicated and rather than keep it stupid. Sanchez was with us. As much as we criticise him and hate him, he scored a hell of a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. But on that, basis, on that basis, you wouldn't pick uh, Alexis over Aubameyang because Aubameyang scored more goals. Well, I'm just what saying about- over the last decade. But they, it's the thing, isn't it? It's, I don't, I don't personally agree with the Ramsey one. Um, I just well, think that's what about PSG. 
Well, if you're going to go for the best player to have played for us in this in the decade, decade. It, it, technically you could still go for T, uh, TT, go for Thierry, because he came back on loan. Uh, so, <laughs> so technically, that's how bad, yeah, you see that how bad it is. That exactly, it's been a it's a, it's been a dry period. Uh, just if, if I was people, to, if I would have to go for anyone, I'd have to go because all commented on Aaron Ramsey saying he's definitely the injured player of the decade. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> We've got really some good comedians. I don't know. I don't know. Diaby would give him a good one for his money with that. I thought that was Jack Wilshere's ball injured. Jack Wilshere, DRB, yeah, they've probably been injured more month to month. I think I'd have to go with Santi Cazorla personally. I think Ramsey, I can understand why he's got it because he's in that 10 years, we've only won the FA Cups that we've won and he scored in the finals. But I would go with Santi Cazorla. I just think he, he, he made that midfield tick. He's one of the most technically gifted we've ever had. And I would go for Santi Cazorla. But I can understand why people pick Ramsey. I'm not as, as against it as Scunny is. But for me, it would be Santi Cazorla. Uh, I'm just I'm just causing a debate, mate. <laughs> uh, do you think maybe they might have announced that as official to try and lure him back? Because I asked a question in our little no, chat. No, we've got one in back. Our injury, ta- our injury tables were full enough as it is. It's all right. They've just refurbished. Um... Oh, oh, what's that? <laughs> Was that you, John? There goes the drums. <laughs> there goes the there goes the springs in my in my chair. Jeez, right, <laughs> a lot of turkey. <laughs> All right, someone had to eat the leftovers. Uh, well, Rich, do you have anybody who you would add differently as a player of the decade? I, I would have picked Ramsey anyway. I just think over the decade, he, he had. When you think he, he really came good from about 2013 onwards, and I think that, that was a time when obviously we won the FA Cup and stuff like that, and it was you know he played a big part in that. Probably the best player we've had has probably been Sanchez or Cazorla, um, but I think if you're given the player of the decade, it should be Ramsey because I think over the whole decade he contributed the most. And just off the cuff, as a final one, can anybody think of what their game of the decade has been? A 5 2 against Spurs, okay. Dan? That That's a great was. question. Um, when was that? 2012? 2013? Something like that? Sorry. Yeah, because I, I think I'm going to go for that one as well. Just uh, It was between that 5-2 and the 4-2 last season. I loved the 4-2 last season yeah. with Torreira. That was quality. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be a North London derby, so I'm going to go with Johnny. The 5-2, the first one, no, not the second one. The first one with the Walcott goals. That was the one for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, they went injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rich, he went off the bench. Who would you choose? Me? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm going to maybe try and go for something different than the North London derby. I'm just thinking. Is it? Was it that five-two against Chelsea where Theo Walcott ran Ashley Cole ragged? Was that was this? It, was, that a, was that this decade? I can't remember. Yeah, it's, 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 it's ten years. Five-two against Tottenham. It was. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Was it this decade though, Richard? Can you remember? Yeah, I think it was 2000, yeah, He absolutely ran Ashley Cole ragged, and I can't remember who, who their manager was at the time, but. Was it no? I want Mourinho. And, and and nobody nobody got the um the Chelsea FA Cup final. We went into well yeah, the City semi final and then the Chelsea FA Cup final. And both both of those into Wembley as underdogs, and uh, we ended up picking up the cup. That was a that was a close second for me. The Chelsea final FA Cup. That was a very I close. Agreed, yeah. but North London derby is just the best, isn't it? It's North London yeah, derby. I, 
I think even if you've got a boring 1-0 North London derby, the North London derby is the day, isn't it? it, it it's not even the game on the pitch normally. Half the time, it's, it's, it's the day. I, I can go back time and time and time, and North London derby will take, take everything. I was just trying to think of something different. You could also look at Burnley, uh, the final game of the season, with um, uh, Mercy Arsene, you know, it was an emotional day. Um, but that's got to go down as, as a game to remember this decade. What about the Barcelona, Barcelona at home? Oh, yeah. there we go. Just yeah. exactly. that was what I put yeah. um, on on the post I put on on the forum. Actually, I think that was number one for me, just because at the time, uh, you know, coming back from one 0 down against Barcelona was was a massive game. That that second half was probably one of the greatest forty five minutes I've ever seen. Um, so to win that game, that was probably one of the big standout ones. I mean, personally for me, that the twenty fourteen FA Cup final was my highlight of the whole decade just because it was the first time my son had seen us win a trophy. Um, and that was a great day for that on that to a personal level. Um, but I think one of the standout games was that Barcelona one, definitely. Yeah, with that, I just... Yeah, I just yeah, up, the League Cup as well when we was 4-0 down after about 25 minutes and one. So that was quite a good game as well. Yeah, someone just made a good comment in the live comments I've just seen here. Is it Michael Harneyman? Sorry, I can't see it very well. Yeah. I've had a few beers. But uh, yeah, uh, beating Hull to win the FA Cup two, from 2-0 two down, that was another good game. Yeah, because mm. yeah. it's all a free yeah. kick, wasn't it? Yeah, That's what kicked it off, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm. Didn't Who got the winner? Was that... Was that um, Ramsey. 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 Is that the one line on the pitch? Yeah. It was Charlie George celebration. Listen, we've had some good times over the last uh, 10 years. We're, we're, we're going through a bit of a, uh, a barren spell at the minute, and I think we've uh, put it on the forum before. Enjoy that beer of mine. Put it on the forum before. That football and supporting a football team is all about cycles. Uh, at the moment, we're quite low down in our cycle, but we will come back round and uh, we will rise to the top again. Whether we can rise and be challenging the likes of um, oil rich um man city uh you know oil rich chelsea and um and possibly liverpool as well with some of the yank tank stuff that they've got in there um we shall we shall see right i think we should call this a day i've got some cold meats some salads and some mashed potato it's just something that you do at christmas you just eat a whole lot of food over and over and over again leftovers so, <laughs> leftovers yeah so I'm, I'm gonna do some of that before i head off to the airport and drop my friend off i'm helped him out and then i'm gonna have some of that beer that he's got right there so um boys thank you very very much uh, for joining us um i do wish you all a happy new year we will speak i'll see you some of you on on sunday um yeah. be, uh, beforehand uh, for a couple of beers uh, we'll probably try and get one of these on before the new year, but if not, I do, I do want to wish you all a, a happy new year, a healthy, prosperous, uh, and, and a good one, and hopefully it improves the Arsenal. You've been listening Cheers, to boys. Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Up the arse. Up the arse. Happy new year to everyone. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.